autoimmune conditions have multiplied exponentially over the last decade and they can be complex if you feel depleted dejected and overwhelmed this episode is the right one for you to reassure you in today's episode we answer three key questions Why is sleep critical for those managing chronic illness like autoimmunity? What are some of the biggest obstacles preventing you from prioritizing sleep? What are rituals that you can implement to create an environment optimized for sleep? Anandita is India's first certified functional medicine health coach from the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy and an AFMC certified practitioner from the School of Applied Functional Medicine. She transforms the lives of women with autoimmune conditions by helping them access their own power to heal with their bodies as their guide. using her powerful body wise healing so that they can feel happy healthy and at peace in their bodies let's get started hey everyone i'm deepa light functional medicine practitioner author and yogini and you're listening to the sleep whisperer podcast the only sleep podcast with conversations and meditations i'm on a mission to share profoundly insightful sleep conversations with global visionaries that merge together functional medicine and ancient wisdom breathe in bliss through weekly guided meditations and let yourself enter the land of dreams together Let's unravel the pieces, get to the roots and understand the right tools to transform your sleep completely. Through this podcast, I want you to dream the best version of yourself. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey. Anandita, such a pleasure to have you here. this conversation with me on the podcast today we are talking about prioritizing restorative sleep and supporting autoimmune healing with routines and rituals and might i add before we begin the conversation that i love this topic i think when it comes to the whole word autoimmunity there's so much complexities that i found a simple topic and bringing it back to what can we do what can we be empowered about was very inspiring to me uh, very quickly though let's just have a quick peek into anandita's journey into the world of healing what got you on the path and you're quite focused on autoimmune challenges especially i think you work specifically with women so w- what prompted this journey deepa thank first of all thank you so much for having me on this on your show um, i love the you know the your flow of the episodes i've been listening to some of them and i'm happy to be here and talk about this topic which is quite close to my heart in terms of autoimmunity in terms of immune dysregulation and all that goes along with it um or any <laughs> complex severe illnesses and my journey till here started in 2010 when my 
10 years ago in about 2013 and even before that when my daughter's severe health issues started cropping up and it was sort of a just a downward slide in terms of trying to figure out what was happening with her and nothing that we were doing and she has an excellent team of doctors even till date but nothing that we were doing was actually helping her and it was just a downward spiral um so when i talk about these topics uh it's something that i have you know that that is a journey that is a struggle that you know we've been through as a family and i've been through as personally as a parent but coming back to that so she was on medications she had severe eczema and it was completely widespread and after trying eat anything that you can think of in terms of treatments we finally reached a stage where it was being managed by immune suppressing medications and i think over a period of five years she had she tried about five of them because each had comes with his own side effects and she was six years old when we started and one of them put her in the hospital with a life-threatening infection and that was that was a turning moment in all our lives um, obviously any parent can relate to that and yeah and then it was two two weeks of not knowing whether she would live or not and um, so that's that's where it was this is actually 10 years ago <clears throat> in june and uh, but she's a survivor she survived and uh, she came back and she started recovering but she was again on those medications oral steroids immune suppressive medications and uh, that is when i made a promise that you know i would find some other way because there had to be some other way right and that is why i am so uh, i'm so um, passionate about the foundations right that we a lot of times miss on of course medications are important of course treatments are required even in functional medicine the stream that i follow we talk about supplements, we talk about functional lab testing, and I do all of that in my practice, but a lot of times we miss the foundation. So coming back to the journey, that's, you know, that's when I found functional medicine. Uh, I brought her on, I mean, I took the help of someone, and after two long years of, two hard years of trying to figure out, it was more of an experimentation, um, you know, we got her off all the medications, and today she's 17, and that's where we are, and that's when I found health coaching, actually. Because I knew, I realized that if I had somebody to hold my hand during our time of struggle, it would have really helped me. Someone to tell me what to do on a daily basis, someone to motivate me. So that's that's where I sort of blend in functional medicine and health coaching in my practice. And uh, I started coaching in 2017. I was doing all kinds of just pure coaching, uh, just inspiring, motivating, getting people to change their habits, behaviors. But I felt the need to dive a bit deeper into functional medicine, and that's when I did additional certification. So now, uh, and it's all about immune system dysregulation because I see that growing exponentially. Autoimmunity, unfortunately, is growing in our country, in India, because of our lifestyles, because of the toxins that you're accumulating for the many different reasons. And I realized that this is an area that most people don't understand. And the only solution that conventional medicine, unfortunately, has to offer are suppressing the immune system. But there is so much that we can do as individuals to take charge of our own healing. And that's what we're going to talk about. As sleep is a big part of it. It's a big pillar in my own coaching program. And I understand, I know that women, because I saw my own journey as a parent, as a mother, then as a coach, as a practitioner, that if the woman is able to figure out and get her health back in shape, which is why I focus on women, then the whole family actually sort of, you know, gets uplifted because of that one, because usually it's a woman who is the, uh, you takes care of the emotional health of the family, of course, the physical health, the menu, the meal planning, everything, it's typically the woman who does. So, which is why, you know, so, and I can see it in my clients, it's a ripple effect. 
So I work focus on women now for the last couple of years. And when they start getting better, they start making changes, of course. Then their husband gets on board, their children get on board, you know, to some extent or the other, the whole family benefits. And that's that's why I do what I do. Beautiful, Anandita. And I think you and I share the journey of having a child with chronic health condition. And truly, I believe that nothing makes you fight as much for your health and the health of everybody around you as watching your child struggle so much. It's just debilitating when it's happening. And yes, sleep is such an important thing in autoimmunity, our ability to heal itself. Uh, could you just explain to us why is sleep so critical, specifically in managing autoimmunity, chronic illnesses like autoimmunity? And what happens if we don't get enough high quality sleep, uh, e even though we are doing a lot of other interventions, perhaps? Yes, yeah, so I think one is that we do a lot of other interventions, as you're saying, because that's quite obvious, right? The diet. And of course, I do focus on diet, and that's very important. But we cannot underestimate the importance of the role of sleep yeah, and as pertaining to autoimmune or any other chronic condition for matter. But if we, uh, because, and if it's pertaining to autoimmunity or any kind of immune dysregulation for that matter, that's where inflammation comes in. And not having proper good quality sleep, it's not actually about the number of us. That's another thing that people don't understand. Because I know I have family members who sleep from four o'clock to 12 because that's become their lifestyle. It's not about getting eight hours anytime that you feel like. It's about going with your circadian rhythm, right? So that's that's what the thing is. I just wanted to uh, sort of share that. Because in autoimmunity in particular, you have chronic inflammation going on. And inflammation is not bad. Inflammation is what our body needs in order to survive. It's the chronic inflammation, which is a problem. And that's at the root of many. It goes hand in hand with many of these uh, so-called lifestyle diseases, whether it's insulin resistance, diabetes, uh, uh, cardiovascular health, all of them have a connection with inflammation and so does autoimmunity. So I give the example of, uh, and I'm coming back to sleep, but I give the example that suppose you have a fire in the house, you know, it's that's what inflammation is related to. It's heat and pain and, you know, uh, a lot of immune cell, immune function, uh, overactive immune function. As I said, it's required for survival. But the problem is that if we think that, you know, if there's a suppose, uh, you know, there's a fire in the house and there is a leakage somewhere of gas and that's why there's a fire. And we are throwing a lot of water at it. We get the biggest fire tankers, you know, fire engines, etc. But if we don't switch off the source of the fire, it doesn't really help. But that's what we do. We try and throw a lot of supplements at it, we medications at it, uh, treatment, this. And we are doing 20 other things, but we are not, you know, switching off the source of the fire. So the inflammation continues unabated which is what happens in autoimmunity. It goes hand in hand as immune cells, uh, you know, uh, produce uh, all the kind of inflammatory chemicals that continues to uh, have chronic inflammation. And sleep has a direct relationship with that or lack of sleep for that matter. And now we, a chronic insufficient sleep. It's not that one off day I didn't get enough sleep and, you know, that's not, our body is amazingly resilient. It's an amazing piece of machine. Okay, so it's not about that one of one of days we had a bad night and, you know, we are a new mother and we are not getting enough sleep. And that's not what I'm talking about. A body can handle all of that, right? Provided that we are also taking care of it. Uh, otherwise, it's the chronic insufficient sleep that affects immune cells and it can alter the DNA of the immune cells. We know that now. In fact, there's a recent research which was done in 2022 in the Journal of Experimental Medicine. So that shows that 
And it also tells us, I think, for the first time that even catching up on sleep is not going to help with that. And I think that's that's the thing because a lot of people think they can catch up. So coming back to autoimmunity, that is one big problem because you're not helping to calm the immune system that because our inflammation goes on. The second issue is that your body is not getting a chance to repair itself. The repair and recovery happens primarily at night. Uh, the body is able to detoxify many of the toxins that are committed during the day, your brain. So all of that happens necessarily at night and it can, it can only happen if you're getting good quality sleep. Uh, there are other things like hormonal balances, which also have a, a con you know, connection with autoimmunity. But I think these are the primary factors why we need to focus so much of making sleep a priority and making sure that you're getting good quality sleep at the right time. And I think, Anandita, before we go one step further, what came in my mind, which I think is also concerning, and maybe you could clarify a few points there about autoimmune diagnosis, because a lot of times I have um, people who do calls, the initial calls with me, and sometimes they've self-diagnosed autoimmunity because they've done some Google research and they feel and they're naming certain conditions saying that I'm sure I have this autoimmune condition. So maybe just a very quick um, guidance into does autoimmunity need to be diagnosed by the right person? Um, could you just clarify a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, this is a good question. And Dr. Google can be helpful, but it can also create problems uh, when you get into that for all of us. <laughs> uh, coming to autoimmune diagnosis is a very tricky one. Okay, of course, we need a diagnosis because we would like to know what's going on with our bodies. Like if I have these, and unfortunately, autoimmune uh, disease is a condition where there are multiple, I have had clients with 200 plus symptoms. Okay, uh, and I'll get into that as to how, and that's what makes it so complex. Because we're dealing with 200 plus. I mean, I literally had a client with 225 or 230 symptoms. When she stopped working with me, she had about 50 symptoms. Okay, but we can't go symptom by symptom when a person has 200 plus. So the trick, the tricky part of autoimmune, getting an autoimmune diagnosis, and which is why it often takes years, if not decades. Sometimes people get diagnosed after decades. Okay, and I'm talk, talking about proper diagnosis, not Dr. Google. Is because the way autoimmune diseases are classified is in terms of buckets, okay? And the tissue that is being damaged. That is what autoimmunity is about. It's your own immune system seeing your own body tissues as a threat, which is not supposed to, okay? There is a low level of autoimmunity that does go on for clearance, et cetera, but it is not supposed to turn on your own body tissue. So what happens is the way autoimmune diseases are classified, that if, it, if your thyroid gland is affected, then you have two types of autoimmunity which is Hashimoto's and Graves. If your neuromuscular systems get, uh, you know, get affected, then it's your multiple sclerosis. If your joints get affected, then it is rheumatoid arthritis. The problem with this, and there are more than 100, I think, last count, autoimmune diseases. The problem with this kind of a naming system, unlike a cancer, where everything is a cancer, you know, right? there are different uh, organs, of course, is that it's very confusing because they're completely different names, right? I mean, all kinds of names, and they're all autoimmune in nature. So I think one problem that uh, you know people also might find, even if they were to look for a diagnosis, even instead of self-diagnosing, that it takes time to get a diagnosis, okay? Because if you will have to keep doing multiple tests, then figure out, then it has to fall in a particular bucket. It's not that easy. But I find that the more, and in fact, as I do this work, and I, as I deal with more and more clients, 
I think that is actually an easier thing. I mean, I, uh, you know, it might be a bit, uh, what should I say, uh, a, a bit uh, weird to think about it this way. But I think the easier thing is to figure out, uh, you know, one diagnosis part, uh, even though it takes a long time, because the other thing is people keep waiting for symptoms to appear and they are asked to wait for symptoms to appear, right? That's that's the problem. Because a lot of times, in a lot of people, the symptoms don't appear. There, there are different stages, right? So when there is enough tissue damage, that is when the symptoms appear. But several years before that, the autoimmunity process can start. It's called the autoimmune spectrum, okay? So what I'm coming to, so what with all of this, what I'm, and I talk about it in my blogs, because I think these people don't understand. You don't need to wait for damage, certain damage, because that's where you get diagnosis. And the diagnosis may be several years away. I've had a client, for example, who came to me. I mean, she didn't work with me. And she had some antibodies which were on the higher side, but she also had some other issues. She had some lifestyle. So I could see that she was on the spectrum, but she was not portraying all those symptoms yet. So she was told by her doctor that you wait for six more months. Now, in her case, she was not, I mean, other people do work with me. In her case, uh, she had to understand, like she has to be aware or make, people like her have to be made aware that you should not be waiting for those six months for the symptoms to appear because symptoms will only appear when the body can't manage any longer, right? When there's more and more tissue damage. So coming back to this, I mean, what it means is that you can start taking steps today. You can start taking that, uh, changing the trajectory of your health so that maybe after six months, you will not get a diagnosis. That's possible. If it's early enough, of course. Of course, I think, and how you highlighted that it can mean we don't have to wait for the diagnosis, but you also did clarify the little, the subtle problems with Google diagnosis. So while I would say probably, I think I'm summing up what you're saying as don't ignore what your body's whispering to you, but also don't go into the fear-based Yes. Self-diagnosis based on Google. And sleep yes. is so important, which you've clearly highlighted on the autoimmune healing journey. But what do you think prevents people from prioritizing sleep? Because a lot of times there are people who spend a lot of money on investing in supplements and great care, but sleep is not quite there. Uh, and of course, you did mention that right at the start that it's the foundation. So where do you think we can shift this? How can we shift our mindset and prioritize sleep? Because it does begin with what we are thinking. Yes, absolutely. I think there are a few things uh, that, uh, and but before I get into the prioritizing and what prevents, this is a couple of things that people need to be aware of. And um, is that two things need to happen to get good quality restorative sleep I'm talking about, not uh, you know poor quality sleep. One is enough secretion of melatonin, which is the sleep hormone that has to happen. And the shifting of the neurotransmitter from a stimulatory, I'm not going to get into technical detail, but this is what has to happen. From a stimulatory neurotransmitter uh, called glutamate to a inhibitory neurotransmitter called GABA. These are the two primary things. There are other things, of course, that has to happen if we are to get good quality sleep. And these two things get affected by our lifestyle choices, okay? Primarily, the light, the broad spectrum light that we're exposed to nowadays. And I think that's the biggest uh, thing issue that we have is uh, the broad spectrum light that emanates from our phones and all our screens. Doesn't matter what it is, okay? It's irrespective of screens. Uh, because melatonin secretion does not happen in the light because that's not how our bodies were designed. We have a circadian rhythm 
melatonin secretion can only happen when the cortisol secretion goes down. I'm not getting into the hormonal details here, but it's important to understand how much light affects the, uh, the artificial light affects it, right? Because we were designed to wake up with the sun and go to sleep. Now, that's obviously not practical in today's day and age, but I think the awareness is missing. That's what prevents. That's the first thing. This itself, what I just mentioned, is often missing. The good thing is because of COVID, because of many other ish things, people are becoming more aware of these. And this you can Google, of course, right? This is a good thing to Google and find out why. There are many things that you can actually do research on. This is one of them. So that's a big uh, thing that prevents people awareness about this issue, how much it really affects your sleep hormone. Second is the work schedule and the you know work demands and the schedule. And that's something that the individual has to sort of figure out because no matter what you want to do, whether it's sleep or anything else, whether it's your diet, whether it's your sleep, no matter what you need to do to get your health back on track, you will need to prioritize it. It's not about doing adding one more thing to your list. It's actually maybe eliminating a few things that you are doing. Right? It's not always about adding. It's about prioritizing. Because you can't do so many, fit in so many things in your day. So electronics, as I mentioned. Then, of course, lifestyle and habits. And uh, caffeine. And you know, these small things add up. Sodas and exercising. The other thing I see that, of course, it is good to exercise. But exercising very, very close to the bedtime also raises cortisol, which means your melatonin secretion doesn't happen. Right? So our lifestyle has to shift. And mindset. That very fact that sleep is not a waste of time, it's not a badge of honor that I only sleep four hours in a day and the top CEOs or the top executives, you know, because you also hear about such people who are very fit, they are marathon runners, high achievers, dropping dead without any warning, right? So that does happen. So sleep is a big part of it. So reframing sleep as an active time for uh, relaxation, restoration, healing is important i think this is what if you don't have these things it prevents us from uh, not uh, taking out time for proper sleep i have a big smile anandita because really i'm a champion for prioritizing the simple interventions before you look at anything and i'm not saying i'm anti supplements or anti anything else but I believe we need to set that foundation before going into those deeper aspects. I know that we don't have too much time, so I do want us to have some time for practical takeaways. So just walk us through what would be an ideal day and night routine to help prioritize sleep. What are rituals? I mean, um, I think rituals are becoming a little more important today, at least in certain areas. And I'm a huge fan of uh, even if you choose one of those and just be consistent with them. So just to walk us through what can we do to create the right environment. So it's about sleep hygiene and that's where ritual, rituals help, right? It's about any hygiene. Like when we talk about hygiene, there's sleep hygiene. I focus uh, on sleep hygiene, eating hygiene, and we're talking about the sleep hygiene, sleep part of it. So the thing is, there is a difference. And I'm going to first start with what is a ritual and what is the difference between ritual and habit? Right, it's about a simple way, and they, you know, it's not a, a hard a definition, but it's about a simple way of learning to celebrate the small things in life. Okay, that's also a ritual. Uh, it comes into a routine, and it can become a habit, but it shouldn't. And I'll tell you why. So, because what happens is that on a day-to-day, -day, the way we live our lives, it's already quite hectic, right? And we, if you are not 
cognizant of the fact that, you know, so one day blends to the other. Like, let me put it this way. So these rituals help us to take out these points and it can be as, as you rightly mentioned, it can be these small pockets of time. It doesn't have to be time consuming, and it can, but it has to be consistent, right? Whatever ritual that you said. And I'll get into what it can look like. But the difference is that having an intention, right? So my intention can be that I want to have a more peaceful evening. I want to have, in the day it should be, I want to have a more energetic morning. Uh, but I should, you know, um, or am I looking for a bit more love in my life? Not, not romantic love I'm talking about. Acceptance. What is my intention of doing anything for that matter? So even with the ritual, it comes in. So a habit would be, and habit is also important. I focus on habits a lot. But habit would be that, you know, I am having my breakfast cereal in the morning. The ritual would be, I take a few deep breaths before I have the breakfast cereal in the morning. That's the ritual and that's the habit. Okay, so both go hand in hand. It's not either or situation. So having these rituals not only helps you to uh, make a consistent routine, which is going to help you in the serve you in the long run. Nothing happens overnight. You have to stick to it. It also brings you, I think, something that is often missing. And I tell my client, we are focusing on vitamin D. We are focusing on vitamin A. We focus on B12, all of that. But are you focusing on vitamin J, joy? Are you focusing on vitamin P, pleasure? Most people are not. Where is the time for that? So if you can incorporate vitamin P, vitamin J along with a ritual, that's that's when the magic happens, right? And again, it's these small things. So small things. So if it's... And actually, the other thing I didn't mention is what you do during the day also impacts your sleep at night. It's not just the nighttime, okay? So starting in the morning, the main thing, and I'll talk about a bit of the bedtime ritual more here. Um, in the morning, starting with taking, having some sun exposure. It helps to set the circadian rhythm or, you know, keep it in rhythm. Let me put it this way. The circadian rhythm is a day and night rhythm that we have in our bodies. So getting some, even if it's 15, 20 minutes in the morning, that actually sets up us for a good night's sleep, even if we don't realize it. So starting with that, having a morning routine, and I'll elaborate on the bedtime routine a bit more because we're talking more on sleep, but it starts with having a morning routine. Some kind of morning routine, whether it's exercise, and I would always tell my clients, and I prefer that exercise should be in the morning. Uh, there can be medium to, you know, like a walk or a you know, soft jog in the evening, but nothing hardcore. So all that is in the morning, journaling, meditation, whatever, you know, whatever is uh, sort of helps you, right, to deal with, helps, uh, helps the person to deal with it. Then the whole day, and you take these breaks in the day, but in the evening, so the rituals that and the rituals, of course, has to be customized, right? And it starts for me, it would look like, and I share with my clients, I tell them you have a toolkit. I'm giving you all the tools. You pick and choose what works for you. That's that's how it works. So it's a healing toolkit. So whether it's gratitude journaling at night, it works wonders before you go to bed. I just, and you don't have to journal. You can just think about it, but you need to have, find a way to appreciate what the day has been how you would appreciate your life and what your body has done for you. Especially because we're talking with for people with chronic health issues like I do, right? It's, it's time to start appreciating and not only just denigrating what our bodies are not doing right now, uh, whether it's soothing music, so anything which is calming, right? Certainly not watching debates on the television, right? Or the news on the television at night. If you want to do it, do it in the morning. Whether it's a conversation with your family. Conversation is amazing. Right with your spouse, with your partner, with your children. I uh, on the weekends I don't do it that often anymore. My kids are older, but we used to 
we i i am a big believer in you know these conversation meaningful conversation not just small talk and if you have these conversation cards uh dinner table conversations you can print it on pinterest you can get you can buy i have two or three such cards for family time couples time you know they are amazing conversation starters for meaningful conversations for getting to know your family who they are because their children are growing up grandparents other family members it's a good and you can do it during dinner you can do it after dinner just taking up 15 minutes so these are very very simple then essential oils i think so essential oils using lavender calming essential oils uh herbal teas right so you have to make it into a routine it has to start with a ritual uh it can be a calming bath if you have a bath or even with a warm bath shower whatever so something so basically the whole objective that's what i'm going to bring here is to give your brain and your body a message that it's safe to sleep your body is designed to be in the either the sympathetic or the parasympathetic which means either the rest or digest or the relaxation response it cannot be on in both at the same time so if your body is in the fight or flight mode and it thinks that the tiger tiger chasing you it will not allow you to sleep properly obviously not because it's in survival mode so you have to intentionally shift it to the uh, rest and digest mode which is where healing and sleep will happen so yeah i hope these are some of the things anything you would want me to elaborate yes absolutely anandita and i think i've never heard about the cards which you spoke about which seemed really nice to me so i'd love for you to detail that because i've not come across that ever so maybe you can tell us a little bit about where you can get maybe an example of what comes up maybe just a card because uh, this is the first time and i was quite excited because i could think of my son initially rolling his eyes at me if i started with it but I think they are beautiful concepts. Yes. So I love for you to elaborate, and I don't think beyond that we'll have much time. But maybe if you could just tell us how to use that and what has it done for you, what are the kind of discussions that have come up which are meaningful, that would be great. Okay, that's perfect. Uh, I think we've covered every pretty much everything. So this is I don't know whether it will come up. I think it might come up a bit. This is one of them. Uh, I don't know whether you can see it, so it's called our moment. So, anyways, you get a lot of these cards on Amazon. I have this is from Amazon US, but you don't have to go to Amazon. You can get these, you know, just sheets printed via Pinterest. I think it's also you just say conversation starters for families, for couples. Once you start, then you will find like I don't know millions of them, and you can just print it off in a uh, Pinterest. And what I found is that having a structure helps. Of course, we should also have uh, conversations, but sometimes it just ends up with how was your school i mean i'm talking about families now how was your school day what did you eat what did you do what did your teacher say what is your homework i mean by and large right and how was your work day what happened did you, you know so we uh, my husband and i work for ourselves but that's it that's where it ends what i've realized over the years of doing this and i have this glass jar where i print out i also have this plus i have a glass jar where i print out and cut out these into strips you get these actually on pinterest uh, you can also get it on etsy and those are printables and you also get them as card form which you can carry with you when you're traveling which i have actually for vacations so then you print them out and you keep it in i keep it in a glass jar so i'll tell them just get the jar we'll finish our dinner for example get the jar and you just pick up one at random that's a that's the fun part what i found is one it has allowed me to get to my get to know my loved ones better you know because everything doesn't get covered even if i've been married for 20 years there's something new i learn every time about my husband and my kids are growing up 
So I am discovering new sides about them. So that's one. And uh, the other thing I, I think it has helped in our particular case is that children have learned to see a side of their parents because we are sharing some things. It's not always heavy. I keep a mix. You know, it's fun things, heavy, meaningful things, but it's it gives a structure. Uh, it's about appreciating because a lot of time mix and match. So there are a lot of cards about appreciating the person to the left of you. Okay, saying one nice thing about the person to the right of you. You know, it's, it's a beautiful way and I just mix and match and we do random stuff and it helps. It just helps to bring everyone together. So you can do it you can find a way to do it with your clients. I give my clients suggestions because they can do it with their own family. And it's it's part of the healing process. It's part of the bonding process. Yeah, can use it. Anybody and, can do it. And I think that's beautiful to end on, Anandita, because, I mean, we did say at the beginning we won't go into the hormones, but I'm just thinking that this is a great practice to co-regulate the nervous system together yes. as a family help to lower cortisol I'm just thinking that that's a powerful 15 to 30 minutes yes. as a family and I really believe there's power in co-regulation when we help yes. each other yes. calm down Social uh, animal. yes absolutely that was a beautiful takeaway and one that I will carry with me for a long long time and I'm going to look it up right away but thank you for sharing that and for the wonderful conversation are there any final words you'd like to leave us with in the context of autoimmunity and sleep I would say that in context of autoimmunity sleep or any other thing I think one thing that you know, people need to understand your audience, my audience, is that you have to take, you have to take ownership of your healing journey. It, and it is irrespective of your diagnosis. Okay. And that's what, whether it doesn't matter, even in autoimmune conditions, uh, you know, rather than waiting to see which autoimmune condition you have, you can start taking ownership today. And you don't know how, you don't realize how much power you have. My clients do when they work with me. And I tell them, you know, you will not be the same person that you were when you started working with me six months ago. They are not. They, they are a different person and that's why they're able to sustain their health and wellness. So I think that's the biggest thing, that own your own healing journey. Beautiful. Thank you so much for this insightful conversation. And uh, do share where people can find you if they'd like to read your blogs or watch videos. Yeah, very easy. Uh, my website is uh, website is com. So it's A-N-I-N-D-I-T-A-R-U-N-G-T-A. And in my name, anindhitarunta.com. And my Instagram handle is at the rate anindhitarunta. I think these are the two easiest places to find me and get up, you know, get, get in touch with me. Beautiful. Thanks for your time, Anandita. It was an absolute pleasure having this conversation. Thank you so much, Deepa. I was so happy to be here. Thank you so much. This podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material on the subject matter covered in the episodes. The podcast is not acting in the capacity of a doctor or a registered dietitian and is not rendering any professional healthcare or medical service. The information in the podcast is not intended as a substitute for medical advice or services or as treatment or cure for any particular health condition. The advice and tools contained herein may not be suitable for your situation 
any medical questions regarding contraindications and cautions or any questions on whether or not to proceed with any practices provided in the show should be referred to qualified health professionals before adopting the same the podcast specifically disclaims any responsibility for any liability loss risk personal or otherwise which may be incurred as a direct or indirect consequence of the use of information from this podcast or the application adoption of any of the information provided